You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and with me, as always, is the wonderful co-host, Jason Carey. Jason, how is it going? Uh, not too bad. A little exhausted. We, uh, I know listeners might not know because we were a little bit delayed, but we didn't record last week. Um, not just only because we, we had stuff going on, but like I was pretty sick too. And then I got my wife sick and, you know, like I was, no one's getting any sleep. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> when you told me you couldn't record, the first thing I thought was it was more like conflict of interest allegiance issues because you tried to hide the sound of your voice. So I was like, what, are you already getting solicited for additional podcast co-hosting responsibilities now because we're getting to become a big deal i mean the club is now you know quote unquote adding us they're reaching out to us for additional things like the pendulum is swinging towards our favor must construct additional podcasts (laughs) (laughs) yeah no you uh but you uh you were not sounding good after you kind of got over the uh over the i'm sorry i can't record tonight uh, moment. So I'm just glad you're you're back in action and at what 90 90%? Are you still you still feeling? It? Uh yeah, I'd say around 90%. You know, I still a little uh little congested here and there, but for the most part I I think I'm thinking back. So you you drinking your milk, taking your vitamins, you're doing your push-ups, you're you're back in action. You could say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, we've got a really fun podcast to to return and you know they don't even know that we took a break because we have so many episodes bankrolled that yeah that's what i was saying we're just kind of elaborating more on the like hey how's it going you know yeah no they they didn't even get a chance to to feel bad that you were down and out for the account you know like that's how much we care about this (laughs) to the listeners we don't let a single week go by without Mm -hmm. content we put our bodies on the line and we record weeks in advance so that you can always rely on a friday listen Giving myself an out, too, if I sound a little scratchy tonight, too, you know? You always <laughs> sound scratchy, and I'm there for it. <laughs> I, uh, when, I did the, when I did the solo recording for the Brett interview, uh, and you weren't, you weren't available for that either, but that was because I didn't record it on the standard times. Um, I definitely recorded that late at night, and when I heard it on playback, I sounded gassed. And it was, it was like, <laughs> well, I've already done this. It's already out there in the world, so I'm not, I'm not taking it back, but... I, uh, I I hear you on the on the gravelly voice and the and the fatigue. This podcast is wearing us down. Should we just should we just call it? It was a good run. <laughs> Capped out. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, moving on to the big stuff. So we've got a ton of news today uh, for our listeners. Hey, listeners. Quick break in the normal podcast recording. So we actually had to pull out a segment that we had recorded several weeks ago, um, which was going to talk about. The kit reveal, uh, as well as some of the other things that the club has in the works to plan. Uh, Unfortunately, the dates that we were provided when we did this recording have since changed. Um, And and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We knew when the club graciously gave us this information ahead of time, knowing how far out we record, that this was kind of a moving target at the time. 
um, and that you know there were still things in play to lock down the dates that we were provided. So unfortunately, we do kind of have to change direction um, on this part of the podcast as well as the rest of the podcast uh, that you're going to be listening to in this episode because we had to pull out not just the segment where we talked about the context of the the kit reveal event. Um, we also sprinkled that into a lot of the conversation through the rest of this episode. So you're probably going to hear some chops and some quick cuts as we tried to cannibalize as much of the content uh, that was already recorded. So something could go out on this episode. Um, so we apologize if maybe it's not as fluid uh, or if you get a little lost at times. Uh, we just had to you know, cut and scrape some things that kind of gave the wrong information out so that we could protect what the club is trying to attempt to deliver to the fans. So the good news is, is they're doing it for the right reasons to make sure that that is delivered at the utmost top-notch product that they can put forth. We haven't been given the new date. We are speculating that it's going to be sometime in the next few weeks uh, as of this recording for the 27th. Having said that, I, we could now, though, un unfortunately be anticipating something after Thanksgiving. So the club has committed to getting this information out to the supporters groups and to the fans that will be able and, to, and allowed to participate as soon as possible. But there's just a few things still that they have to button up to, to get this across the finish line. So I apologize that we had to do this just for the episode itself, but you know, it, it's just one of those, the, the costs of doing business and the cost of recording a podcast three months, uh, or excuse me, three weeks in the past. Three months in advance. Wow. Can we see the future? <laughs> well, if we can, we're getting it wrong since we're now having to go back and we're going to re-edit on the, on the day before. So this is almost like a dry run for us to get ready for uh, when we convert to, you know, day of recording. So in one way, thanks for giving us the time to quickly adjust and educate everyone on what the happenings are inside this episode, and uh, more more to come on the on the event for the kit reveal. I can say that, in lieu of that, we do have some interesting and spicy rumors, which we're going to start dropping next week on the Twitter uh, and Instagram, uh, just because at this point information is going to fly so fast that we won't be able to record it and get it out in a meaningful capacity. So if you're listening to this podcast and just kind of enjoying the episodic journey and you're not really following or participating in our social channels and you, and you want to understand what that content will look like, I highly encourage to give us a like, give us a follow um, so that you can kind of sit back and enjoy a lot of the names that we're going to start speculating and dropping as the club gets very close to the open tryouts. And then, um, you know, those future instances where, again, you know, from the USL perspective, we're looking at names, you know, from a USL standpoint can be released after the cup, which will be uh, coming up on the 13th, the, the Sunday 11-13. So sit back for that and enjoy. Feel free to participate in the dialogue. If you guys have confirmed sources or information that you want to share discreetly, feel free to slide into the DMs on our social media channels or you can reach out directly to uh, the submission form on the website at, at RaisingAnchorPodcast.com. We're actually getting some content from external sources through that channel, so continue to feel free to use that. If you do want your name attached and you want credit, please let us know in the content submission form so we know to properly recognize uh, where rumors are coming from. So that's all we have on the, the kit reveal part, so again, apologies. But I think since we are recording live, this might be a great opportunity to you know, unfortunately bring up the the bad taste in our mouths from, from this last weekend. And that's that we uh, 
will not be getting buried with a cup. Yeah, it uh, looks like it's not going to happen. I only watched the highlights. I had to work early the next morning, but that seems like that's quite a game. You, uh, I sit up for the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> and I was going back and forth with, at first it was maybe 15 fans on the Discord, and then it was just three of us, and it, I haven't had an emotional gut wrench like that, I think, ever in, in the game of soccer, not even in a World Cup match, because there was just so much on the line. There, you, you, you couldn't have written a better storyline with the exception that the Loyal win instead of Phoenix Rising. Yeah, definitely. It, despite the outcome maybe not being what some of us would hoped. Like, I, think I don't know everyone, if you could have asked for like a better game like I, that. I don't think anyone outside of the city of Phoenix wanted that that outcome. I mean, all over their social media, all over every Discord that I could insert myself into, Reddit. I mean, you name it. People were just crying in agony on 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 the way it ended. Because I'm I'm going to be honest, there was drama, right? You know, the, the they went up, and then they suddenly were behind chasing, and in the dying moments of stoppage time, they get awarded a penalty, and suddenly they're right back in it. But the way they went out was just deflating. The last minute of extra time. And it was such a weird thing because when you watched the game, Loyal had complete control most of the time in that game. Their attack, their press, their possession, it was it was aggressive. They if they lost the ball, they were right back on top of it. Um I, I mean, and if you look at the first two goals, it was one was a penalty that there was no reason to to generate the penalty. They Trejo didn't he wasn't gonna score that goal from that position. And then on the next one, when it went, you know, a miscommunication between the back line and the keeper, and it just goes between their legs because the way the way the Loyal played is they almost played uh, uh, Vegas as a, a CB at times. So when they get countered quickly, he can be so far out on that line that they just didn't have their spacing. But like those two goals were really, they 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 weren't rising, creating good chances. They were just like loyal not settling into position for the game yeah you you unfortunately see that um like i think some good examples maybe were um early in in pep guardiola when he took over city and also similar when arteta took over arsenal they they try even when they control the ball they're playing so high up some of the players are not used to the system there's a miscommunication and you know despite how well they play you know those mistakes kill you yeah, and 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 that's definitely what set the narrative for the second half. And you know, you could but you could see Loyal trying everything. They moved more attacking players onto the pitch. I mean, we have to give full credit to Ronaldo with his playoff hat trick. Um, what a way to to end the the season and you know, kind of the dynasty of what he had created in his time playing at Loyal. Like that's that's just a way that you'll permanently be forever remembered. You know, back to the game itself. I think the craziest thing as I watched it all, as I saw the goal happening, because Phoenix had just been absorbing all of this pressure, all of this attack. They would try to have these breakout counter attacking moments, but they, they really just couldn't manifest anything. And then I saw it was like it was like reading the end of a screenplay before it happened on the screen in front of you. Camden Riley takes a ball from deep and tries to make one final pressing or one final counter attack and he cuts up the middle. And and the way Loyal was playing with this three back line and all of their wing backs up, they were really trying to win the game. And I respect 
what the loyal tried to do. They did not try to play for penalties. And anyone that says that watched that game, they were playing for penalties. You are so wrong because this moment in time is exactly what caused the Phoenix rising team to win. Riley moves all the way up to almost the 18 yard line and gets, gets just stripped of the ball, the clean, clean tackle, clean, clean, um, clean repossession back. And Phoenix is on a counter and they already have players tucked up on the wing. They speed up. Now you have Vegas who's out of position as this like center back with the rest of them not knowing how to man mark as they're missing Riley. So it's an even numbers game, but everyone's playing a different man mark in a different position and they couldn't absorb the counter, a, a one, two pass and, and, and with skill, um, Phoenix rising puts one in the net with 15 seconds left. In fact, I will even say if he missed that and it wasn't a deflection out to where it would have been a corner for rising, the game's over and it goes to penalties. That that's how that is how close it probably would have happened because if anything else Vegas would have sat on it, he would have taken a yellow card and we would have gotten one final kick and it would have gone to penalties and who knows if this narrative would have been different. But the way it ended and the silence that suddenly happened after the the locals and all the supporters groups just were bringing the heat for you know what is that 130 minutes is that 120 well but plus stoppage time which was also at like nine or ten minutes oh yeah yeah it's like 130 yeah. minutes they've been rocking out hard it's like everything's on the line it's just oh and then and i mean it's 145 in the morning here and i just <laughs> I, I i went to bed questioning reality it that is not how this team wanted to go out and and the team was crushed nate miller was crushed so i mean I think all of us were loyal fans for a moment in time. I actually bought a scarf and a kit. Everything's on clearance, by the way, on their website. So if you want some merch to honor and remember them, feel free to go in. They've got like $5 scarves, $15 kits that were $85 a couple weeks ago. Um, so highly encourage if there's any inventory left to go in and check that out. Um, but, you know, just pour one out for the loyal. I, I, I wish all of those players, the administration, Nothing but love and success, and I just want to congratulate them on, on putting it all on the line. Yeah, um, like I said, it's it's a shame the way they're going out. Um, you know, we wish them everyone the best. Hopefully, everyone finds some somewhere somewhere new to work. You know, maybe some to uh, to Rhode Island FC. Spoilers, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a new team starting next year. Speaking <laughs> of new teams that are starting soon, uh, do we? In the spirit of San Diego, do we want to honor one and and besmirch the other of of FC San Diego or San Diego FC? I I don't even care which one it is, but that logo. Oh man, hashtag not an MLS podcast, but yeah, I'm not really I'm not digging that that logo. It's it's atrocious. It so I've <laughs> I've seen my favorite two are uh, if you've ever shopped at Aldi, it's Aldi FC. It's the logo. It's the exact colors. And even kind of the way they do their grid pattern, it's just more of them uh, exaggerated on the San Diego crest. Um, but my favorite was that someone said that it looks like the butthole to Optimus Prime. That has been my favorite <laughs> of all of them because it just fits. It, it doesn't fit the narrative of whatever San Diego's trying to say they are with that with that fiber design. But there, there was a meme um, where they where they did the thing pointing to the different you know features of it, and we're just ripping into it. You know, like generic font because we're a generic team and just <laughs> love it i uh i hope that team fails miserably and never never even sees a conference playoff game that i just want them they are the new austin fc like i, I couldn't stand when austin cre or was created just because of the fact that to make that team happen 
it required the almost destruction of the crew. And I, I just hate the, the shadiness of how that owner, Anthony Precourt, did what he did. So I've, I've hated that team out of respect for the Columbus OG for, for a very long time. This team now makes Austin... I don't care anymore about Austin. I still hate Anthony Precourt, but I don't care about Austin anymore. In fact, if we wanted to go further into USL rumors and news, there's other scary things afoot right now going on in the USL. Um, so did you hear the rumor about RGV? Yeah, I saw that. Um, I was like, did I curse them? <laughs> At least, you know, got to get your curses out before your team puts on the field. So you put your voodoo on someone else. I mean, that's I what I used El Paso for, yeah. <laughs> and then I guess I also did it to the loyal, so. Except for, I don't want to see anyone lose their team. Like, that's not, I, I hope they can figure something out, but that that would be a shame if we, we lost another one. Uh, so I don't think it's the success of the team. I think it's the owner. Um, and when I say that, it's a beautiful stadium. I went and do, did some research on HEB Park or HEB, depending on who you ask. They don't have any events planned in the stadium. So it was they have all the soccer games, but then there isn't a music show. There isn't a car show. There isn't a fair. There isn't another collegiate sport. There's no music you know, like nothing is coming there. And I, I know that Rio Grande Valley doesn't like scream destination, but you could get something in there that, you know, even if it's only 5,000 of the 10,000 capacity that stadium has, you could put, you could put butts in seats. And the fact that the owner's not trying to do anything, I think this screams to me that this is an individual who built something and thought it would automatically like be a cash cow or they would automatically come because he, he did the work of buying the things to make make the first round like you have to put time and effort into it like Rhode Island, it, let this be a lesson of Rhode Island FC if they think that like once Tidewater's done everything is solved in the world and they just stop trying that this will fail you know like we can't carry that on on their backs for them we can't defiance can't do that all it, it, it it's a constant evolution and and building of your skills building your product building the excitement for it, it doesn't just stop. And I feel like with the RGV one, it's that's what happened is the owner's just like, well, I don't understand. I built a stadium. Why is no one sitting in it? Yeah, not to go off on a huge tangent here, but if if we step back and look at like the broader like soccer ownership, I mean that kind of seems to be an issue a lot. Some of some some people are investing into them, like you said, just thinking, hey, I build a stadium, here's the team, it's going to make money. But this often can, like, turns out to be, it, it can make you money, but it's also a very passionate thing. Like, you see what the, um, what over with Wrexham, and then as opposed to maybe a team like, you know, they're still making money hand over fist, but, like, all Manchester United fans hate Manchester United <laughs> Right, they they are begging to be sold because there's no investment in infrastructure. The the people running the club barely know what they do. They're doing. They sign players to sell jerseys, and they're not really putting a coherent product out. You know, it it's you know, first world problems. They're still in the mix, but they're not living up to, to what the the expectations are. So. That one's very different because that is a storied club. But if you're starting like a brand new club, like here in the USL, or maybe you buy a lower division team somewhere, you're not just automatically going to, it's not an investment that's just going to print money. 
you kind of have to put the work into it. You you have to build a product that attracts people. And if you don't have something like that and you're not thinking to the future how a lot of stadiums are now where like when I'm not putting my soccer team in here, can we get events, other sports, you know, to generate revenue? Because for a lot of the lower division teams, that's how you make the money is the ticket sales. Right. You're not selling jerseys to like some kid in Thailand who's watched the YouTube highlights of your best player. Like that's just not happening. I mean, there's one, there's one kid probably, <laughs> but no, I mean, maybe. You're, you're right. And and let's be honest too. There's a direct correlation here. I think we'll look at the place that RGB finished in 13th out of 14 teams and the light are arguably a, Dump, the lights are a dumpster fire. So, like, if you take that team out of the equation, RGV was was dead last in the competitive space. So, it's no surprise you can't get seats filled because you don't have a good product and you're not doing anything about it. I mean, again, I don't want to I don't want to sit here and and wax poetic on on an unfortunate situation. I hope that they find a resolution, whether that's selling the club to someone else or that these are just the kind of rumors that happen naturally when we get to the end of the business season and. You know, you're, right now it's and it's not just RGV, right? People are like, oh, the lights, they're going to fold, right? Or, oh, Hartford is going to go away. You know, I, I don't. We haven't been around long enough to understand. Is this just part of the end of the season speculation? Um, if there's smoke, there's fire. Unfortunately, with the RGV one, fans and supporter group members are reporting that they're hearing it, so it's not unsubstantiated. But um, you know, more more to come. So we we can't go too long because this is just a cut into the segment. So. I want to, um, I just want to, we'll kind of park it there so listeners can pick back up. I do want to end though, because I feel like we've put a lot of lemons into this cut in, right? Like no, no season, no ticket or no kit event release party, no San Diego loyal in the playoffs and maybe no RGV. So let's, let's, let's at least give some lemonade with these lemons. Okay. I was going to say all lemons, no lemonade. <laughs> Have you seen the Sharktopus, uh, kits? I, I have now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I, 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 I kind of need to buy one. I was, I. This gave me a thought here too. Um, if you just you see a cool jersey and it's not a team that you care or anything about, but just cool jersey, you down to buy? Um, only if I know that the team is like. I mean, like if if they're your rival team, like no, no, no. You but don't I mean do that. But I mean, if they're in some random league and it's just a cool jersey, and you're like, yeah, I'd wear there's that. probably some Italian clubs I would never wear for historical purposes and just their their allegiance to certain things. Like there are clubs that probably should be vetted before you put them on your body. <laughs> I don't think Sharktopus is one of those as an amateur <laughs> round three of the Open Cup uh, bound team out of Seattle. Um, so. To answer your question, yes, I think you can, but just don't do it out of ignorance. Make sure you understand what you're putting on, and you know, taking shots at lots of you. Hey, I'll give. (laughs) I wasn't going to say the name, but I'll give you a really good example. What's my What's my favorite non Premier League team in English football? Um, you know, I I could say this. Yeah, I think you've said it on this podcast before. I feel like I just just said it earlier today. So it's Plymouth Argyle. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, and. If I had bought a kit from the goalkeeper four years ago, just because I love the club, maybe I like the design of that particular goalkeeper kit. I don't remember what it was, but he was in some sort of legal issue. Like I could be walking around with with that on, right? So that that scares me from the randomness. True. That I could heard... also be a, 
uh, I mean, if you're buying it for the player, that kind of makes sense. But also maybe a reason to just say, hey, this is a random team I kind of enjoy. I'm just going to get the jersey no name. Okay. I mean, but if I can control that, sure. Yeah. If I sure. can't control that, you know. Yeah, that's just like a, in, a retrospect or like a, a broader thought. You know, if you were buying, you know, I really like Ibrahimovic, so I bought a Sweden jersey to support him, and it turns out he's actually a bad person. That would suck. But, like, if you're like, yo, Plymouth Argyle, I, I took you to the Champions League in FIFA. <laughs> you're my team. You know, then you could just maybe buy a Plymouth Argyle jersey just, just for fun. Have you ever heard the story of the guy in FIFA who sponsors the back of the left knee of the jersey? And he only sponsors it on their actual real-world kit so he can see his company logo while he plays FIFA? What the Liga Emekis are you talking? About? I I'll, I'll I'll pull it up for the next pop. We can't I have go to see that because yeah, the only the only thing I I can think of is I mostly see it in Liga Emekis, but also no, it's, like it's some South one American leagues where they, there's just like yeah, no, it's League One or League Two logos everywhere, and there's a there's a logo on like the back of the left knee of the of the shorts of the kit, and he he spent like twenty five thousand dollars. so that when he plays the video game at home here in America, he can see his company's logo while he plays his favorite team in FIFA, or now EAFC. I wish I had money to just do random things. I think that's how <laughs> I found out. It was like the silliest things people have spent their money on, and that's in the top five. But anyways, nice. Sharktopus, FC. One, the logo is dope. Two, the colors, equally dope. Three, the kits are amazing. They've got an away and a, and a home, which, by the way, the sponsor for uh, the kits is Olive and York. They do a lot of good fundraising kits, and they've done a couple podcast ones. I'm not saying to do that now, but maybe down the road as an anniversary, we do some sort of kit collab with this company. Um, but the thing I'm the most excited about saying, the reason it even landed on my radar is there's a chance that we could end up playing Sharktopus FC in the Open Cup. And I am so excited to see if that happens because that would be amazing. So. Will it happen? It's a West Coast amateur team. I don't think the stars align that well for it, even though the Open Cup is quote-unquote randomized to a certain extent regionally. I don't think we'll see it, but uh, they could be the darlings of uh, of next year's Open Cup. So I'm excited. I hope they make it as far as they possibly can until that contradicts with how far we need to make it. So, Yeah, looking forward to watching the documentary about them in a few years' time when they <laughs> made it all the way to the end and lost. And, uh, you know, a 90th minute goal against Inter Miami. But we'll find out later. This is where Bruce Arena went to coach. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Anyways, listeners, thanks for uh, letting us kind of step in and invade our own episode for the for today's release. Uh, apologies again. And uh, just look forward to getting some of that information updated in the weeks to come. Don't forget to check the socials for updates on player rumors starting uh, next week. We now return to your regular scheduled broadcast. Beep. So when we do find out the complete picture and story, uh, which, gosh, that could even happen before this podcast goes out, uh, we will release an off-cycle uh, announcement um, kind of presser on the channels just to inform everyone of those important pieces of information because this is, this is it. This is the moment where we bring together the community in a way that hasn't been done yet. This is where we're going to meet a lot of friends and family that will be you know part of that larger you know, ecosystem. And, um, and that's just our moment to shine. So, you know, the, the club knows they have to get this right. I think the supporters group knows they need to get this right. So uh, a lot of effort will be put into this and I just can't wait to, to have a party and, uh, and have some fun. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. It's going to be a good, 
good time to get a lot of the uh, fans together get that excitement like the crescendo everyone will finally get to see the kit agreed agreed speaking of other fun things that we've been doing recently uh you and i had the pleasure of uh signing some steel we 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 steeled up (laughs) bethlehem steel (laughs) no 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 that club isn't around anymore sir (gasps) with that uh <laughs> rp so uh in another season ticket member event uh that was recently solicited over email uh, the club invited some lucky winners out to sign pieces of infrastructure for the club uh, and stadiums build at the Pawtucket tidewater landing site and the club graciously invited us along to to be there as both supporters and just you know trying to help influence the success of the club and we got to meet a bunch of really happy season ticket members and just people excited to see this, you know, this stadium get stood up. You know, what were what was your take on it? Yeah, it was fun, cool event. We got to talk to some new people. I guess we still we still got a lot of work to do uh, with if we exclude, you know, Defiance guys. Not a lot of people knew who we were. <laughs> <laughs> were you disappointed by that? Were you just not, hoping you'd get I, like, oh, not like Jason. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want the attention or in, in that regards, but in the sense of just like we're not recognizable in that sense yet, but like it was a pretty like low penetration rate that was just like maybe, maybe a tad bit disappointing. You mean you can do the numbers? Only only one guy yeah. knew who we were out of you know the ten or twelve that were there, and I mean, listen that. That tracks with with what's going. I mean, we haven't advertised. We haven't done anything. This has all been a project that's come word of mouth or where the club has supported us in the past. So the fact that one person could jump the gun and say, "Oh, I know all about you guys," and you know, ten others were, "Tell me more." I'm I'm not upset with that at the slightest. And also, by the way, before you say anything, shout out to uh, listener Tommy, uh, who we met, who was our 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 fan um, who was at the event, uh, really appreciate your kind words and support of the podcast and uh, spending some time, you know, sharing your story with us. Uh, I look forward to connecting with you hopefully at the season ticket event and then also, you know, at the future games. But but go ahead, you were gonna. I I, I guess I just want to say, in a sense, like not super super disappointed, but I, I feel like the people who would be listening to us would most like like that cross section. You know what I mean, like would be some of the season ticket members, right? Yeah, and so. I, just, I think that comes with time. We we did not stand this project up to say we would be we're not looking we're not doing it for the likes. We're not doing it oh, for yeah, the adoration. No, I don't I don't even see the numbers. We're doing it so we can control the information that goes out and have our opinion be the loudest opinion. Let's get honest. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> I'm right, you're wrong. But no, the, the the people that were there were really amazing. Age groups of all types. I found it really interesting. We talked to, was it Marty and Linda, I think, were the names? And if they're now listeners and we butchered that, I apologize. Yeah, the, the Pawsox fans? Yeah, and they were season ticket members of the Pawsox for, they either said 15 or 50. It was a really loud construction site. Um, but they just live for sport in Rhode Island. And when I said, you know, are you soccer fans? They're like, no, we just support the city with our, you know, contribution and we're passionate about outdoor events and sports and we're excited to see what this whole soccer thing's all about it was really funny they kind of mentioned like where they were sitting and they have I, i'm guessing oh yeah they're committed they're, yeah <laughs> they, they they paid the big bucks so um it was just it was just really fun to to get to meet those people but what did you think so far of the stadium's development that was the that was the thing that i i we, we 
it happened so quick. We we signed the steal, and your signature was much better than mine, by the way. Kudos <laughs> to you. I love that we both did anchors up though, because we signed in separate parts of the event. But what did you what did you think of the overall like stadium, the design so far? I, I, I thought a lot of progress had been made, more so than what I had been led to believe. I mean, yeah, the pitch looks like and you know, there's no turf or grass or whatever on there right now, but it looks like you pretty much play on that thing. It's, well, they it's said something leveled about out. That. They, so he, he said all of the, the underwork, the drainage and whatnot is completed. And I think he said you literally could just throw some grass on top of it and you, it's ready to go. That's, yeah, I agreed. And then I was also surprised at um, the way they were doing the, uh, the large monitor for, for the, cl- for the stadium. I, I've always, I feel like seeing that the screens for games are always on the the goal sides of the stadium. And it was really interesting to see that they're going to be putting the largest screen for the games dead center midfield on the, on the river side of the, of the same. I had, I had no idea. And I'm, I saw it in a rendering later, but I had no idea that that was the plan. I, I think it has to do with the size of the stadium. When you see it in the in the ends, it's because the stadium is large enough to put it far enough and back away to give you that barrier, so like the ball doesn't hit it and mess it up. You right. know, uh, at, from what I've seen in a lot of USL stadiums, like you know, they they have people running after balls because they get ki- accidentally kicked out of stadiums sometimes just because of they tend to be smaller in that regards. Right, right. And then um, I know when when they started talking about where we were standing, at one point we were standing in the future beer garden, but they didn't serve us beer that day. Then we were standing in one of the parking lots, and I asked where my designated parking spot was. Um, the general manager, Paul Byrne, he pointed to the street and said, you can find parking somewhere out in the in the city of Pawtucket. So I, we're going to have to figure that out. Paul, that's not going to work for, for us <clears throat> at all. He's just giving you a hard time. They're still working on it. <laughs> We're gonna have to wrap one of our cars in in Rhode Island FC to 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 earn that spot, like right on the beer garden. Just park our car there, walk in, then head back out at the end. That that's gonna be that's gonna be what it takes. It's I mean it's pretty close to that river. We just gotta get that gotta get that pirate boat. <laughs> that's a 2025 problem. 2024, we gotta figure something else out. And then we also got some sweet swag. Yeah, they uh. Because it was an active construction site, we had to wear hard hat and uh, flashy vests. I mean, the vests were pretty standard. We gave those back, but at the end, we got to keep uh, got to keep that RAFC hard hat. Nobody, nobody wants your, you know, sweat and oils and I don't know. Like, I, I know no one has lice in this day and age, but no one wants those hard hats back. But they they took the vest. That was that was the surprising one. The vest they had to keep, or they could recycle, but they didn't want your stinky helmets back. But yeah, so it was it was a great time. Like I said, all around, the fans were supportive. Um, I'm sure the video of it is already probably out, um, and we're in it. I saw the pictures of us doing the '80s movie flashback high five, which we'll post on the socials way in advance. But um, it was just a good time all around. And and but I do want to say to listeners that are maybe saying, "Oh, we didn't get to go to that." This was the first of many opportunities for you to participate and connect um, to the club directly. Rhode Island FC has every intention to bring as many fans into this project as possible. So what you put into it is what you'll get back. So continue to check your emails um, for those great updates and opportunities. Um, and I know that you know people will be rewarded as best as we can you know, with this many fans. But it's definitely going to be a, a labor of love. 
and a passion project for the club to to connect with as many with as many fans and family as possible. So, uh, on that, let's uh, shift gears to some merch. And I I'm not pitching our merch. I will at the end of the, the pod, but not <laughs> not right now. Let's, let's talk Rhode Island FC merch. What did, so? What did you think of the uh, the merch announcements? Yeah. So uh, those of you uh, who are subscribed to get emails from the club may have recently got an email. Uh, and there was some new uh, merch in there. Uh, we got, what, two hoodie jackets. Um, there's a T-shirt. And then there was, like, a baby kind of. Baby gear. Yeah. Baby gear. Baby yeah. gear. No pet gear. That's what I want. I want I want pet gear. Give me some bandanas. Give me a dog shirt for my dog. The club has discriminated against me <laughs> by only thinking of human children and not people with dog children. I know. They never think of the pet parent. Yeah. I, I don't know why they don't think of pet parents at the same time as kids. But 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 I digress. What did you what did you think of the merch? I like one of the jackets a lot, and the shirt's pretty cool. I like that kind of clean, old kind of look where they don't, before they had logos, when the, the kind of the shirts were very simple. Kind of reminds me of that. Would you call that a ringer tee? Because people have called it a ringer tee since it has the collar and the the caps on the on the arms. But I think a ringer tee is that like '80s white T-shirt with the bright red actual ringer on it. What do you? I mean, do you even care? Is this a question that you're like, why are you asking me right now? <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. When you when you say ringer tee, you're like it. I've not heard that like used. Do you, so do you need an example? Is it is it like those? You know that shirt your wife has with like the dead science or whatever. Yeah, like let's, that. that's a ringer tee. Ghost or something. Yeah, that's a ringer tee. Okay, uh, I think this one was like the three stripes, right? So slightly different, oh, maybe. You technical son of a gun. Technicalities. Ugh, you know how the worst. Do the worst Mortal Kombat finishing move. <laughs> Technicality. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the hoodies were awesome. I'm a little curious if we're going to end up buying the same merchandise because we've tried our entire lives to make sure we don't fall into that trap so dibs on the dark blue hoodie oh, I just call dibs on I just call dibs on a podcast which makes it super super official sorry you can <laughs> buy the original hoodie with just the the logo dead center I'm going to buy the sweet new one how dare you <laughs> so uh, so but yeah there's new merch uh, it's uh, coming around the corner it probably is out by the time this is out and if not uh, it will definitely be out before, uh, in tandem with the kit reveal um, so just be prepared to be even more broke um, that's what this club means to the true fans but what I wanted to share is that that ringer tee was selected because it was voted upon in some of the social media platform um, posts that they did earlier this year during kind of the noise of when coach was really just showing up and, and being announced and getting his his feet wet with the club and so it was kind of like one of those lost things that happened and i distinctively remember that there was also a christmas sweater an ugly christmas sweater that was voted on on which one you thought was the uglier of the two so my guess is here and the club has not confirmed this yet but my guess is that we will also see an ugly Christmas sweater by the holiday season. Maybe even at the kit reveal. Don't know. what Black Friday special? Oh, sign me up. <laughs> well, I mean, we get the season ticket member discount anyway. So, I mean, that'll cover the taxes, right? And the shipping? I don't know. I don't even... Does it sh I wouldn't actually order it and have it shipped. I'd just go to the front office. That, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not too far away. Yeah, and it's Rhode Island. Come on. That's for people That's for people that live near Hartford or something like that. Yeah. They want to join a better club. <laughs> But but having said that, 
I am really curious. So listeners, if you have, if you're one of those people that like took screenshots of the post, send it to me, DM it to me. I, I want to know what the two options were because I think I remember seeing them, but my mind is already wandering to really terrible versions of an ugly Christmas sweater. And I've seen other soccer clubs do them. So it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to make sure that that's what I remember seeing. So yeah, so yeah, so listeners, if you have that, please send it my way. Because um, I'll be also buying the ugly. And if there's only one, that's the time where we can match. <laughs> but you cannot buy the same sweatshirt as me. When there's only one? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's allowed. So unless they're releasing both, and spoiler alert, but, you know, that's how it goes. So more, stay tuned. More exciting stuff all the time. Go get a second job. Take out a second mortgage. Whatever you have to do to just make sure that you're <laughs> totally prepared. And then this will probably be too late. I don't know when it ends, but in terms of merch that you don't have to buy, the club does have a pro um, a program running right now on their social media where if you sign up for events or you sign someone else up that you know their personal details, they will receive a free car magnet. So their goal is to quickly get as many people out there, as many road warriors as possible, um, repping the, the the crest. We have it on all of our vehicles. Um so yeah, we're gonna buy more vehicles just to put more on them. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I have to put one on the van. Actually, remind me to do that. We gotta throw one on the van. Um, so yeah, I they said it was gonna run for the entire month of October. It would take two to three weeks uh, to ship those out. So from the date you you requested it and registered your information, um, so be mindful of that. And hopefully, it's still running to the end of this month because we're right near Halloween for the for this release. So. So yeah, so stay tuned for that, but really excited merch that's coming and really excited to see the free offerings that are being extended by the club. But on top of that merch, we also had a new edition of information drop in the email, uh, and that was around Kano's Corner. Yeah, he's uh, he's encroaching our territory here now. (laughs) So do you remember when I said it'd be interesting if the club ever started doing some kind of like internal competition, like official Rhode Island FC insider? They've they've put coach against us now. He's he's spilling the beans on his own plans before we can spill the beans on the plans we've learned about him. You hate to see it happen. This is not going to work. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to do something about this. I don't know what yet, but but in all all fairness, I mean it was it's really funny too because the club has been supportive and informing us of things, but then they've asked us like these are the dates that you can share these things. Well, now we know that some of the things they've shared is because coach had to say it first and. I get it, you know, whatever, it's his team, you know, he deserves the right to do that, but I guess so. You know, <laughs> when you're sitting on things like, we have multiple players signed, and it's like, oh, we can't say anything. Okay, but I digress. However, that being said, for listeners, if you want to hear what's going on in the club, go check it out, either in the, the email that you received, or you can check out the club's uh, Rhode Island FC YouTube account. Yeah, it's, it's on there. It's really interesting. They tend to post things a day sometimes or two in advance to get it get it ready. I don't know if they lock the video behind a wall, but I've noticed that when I see something, I'm like, oh, this is groundbreaking, hot off the press, breaking news. I go and look at the post, like the water stamp on, or the timestamp on the video, and it's like, this was listed three days ago. What? What's what's going on here? So I don't know if, if the way that algorithm works, they, they get it prepped as professionals and, you know, like, schedule it out but it just kind of always is, is like this isn't five minutes fresh this is a couple of days so interesting interesting nevertheless yeah i think you can post things private to begin with i, I don't know but they often you find when things get leaked it's because people screw things up 
like uh, when the season ticket uh, scarves got released a month earlier than uh, than the the intended time. Agreed. But what I did find really uh, interesting, besides the teasers of the um, of the player announcements, is that he did also reference that some of his support staff is out scouting remotely. And I've only seen Coach Spratt and Coach Cano in the local front office. And, you know, I'm attached to Coach's socials by the hip, so I know what he posts. I'm, I see it. I mean, we were, I was at the Hartford game, and I saw he was there, so I went and tracked him down in the, in the, the stands, and I don't, I don't think he was in the mood to, to talk to me at the time. I mean, not because he's nothing but the greatest of gentlemen, but because he had a job to do, and he was there to watch soccer, not talk shop with, you know, the quote-unquote media. Um, so I'm very aware of, of his comings and goings, and watch he bans me now. Like, <laughs> but uh, but I don't know I don't know much about where McKay, uh, where Carey and are in terms of are they traveling? Are they are they doing things that are scouting or supporting infrastructure players, building networks? Like I don't know anything about their social media presence. They may not post at all. That's not a requirement to be may, an assistant coach. But maybe intentionally too. So they can kind of, you know, get stuff done without causing a, a lot of attention. Right, right. Or, or throw out uh, false leads. <laughs> you know, you have a connector in, I don't know, uh, Wichita. Like, oh, look, I'm in Wichita. What's going on in Wichita? But they're just... Why is Dave McKay at the Galatasaray game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even know there was a club in Tasmania. So yeah, so if listeners, if you know their socials, uh, please let me know. And if they're active, let's let's start creating the the tracking network so we can start fueling the rumors uh, of additional players coming uh, inbound. Because I think that's a perfect segue. Uh, we have some things to talk about when it comes to player rumors. And again, this could be all completely wrong, or it could be completely right. But it's already been announced, and we just look like we're Nostradamus, but from the uh, from the past because we still recorded this a few weeks in advance. So no clue on, on how announcements work. That being said, I do want to start our player rumor conversation with a little bit of a conspiracy theory. We, is this our first conspiracy theory? Or I feel like maybe we've had another one already. Was it maybe like the, the parking? That parking was kind of a conspiracy theory, Conspiracy right? report. Yeah. So... When we were asking the club for additional details about the kit reveal, um, and they gave us what they could, we started talking timelines. And and in that time, we were working also with the USL League operations team to understand when could we hear player announcements. Because after the Brett Louis interview, where he had said that their hands were tied when it came to certain announcements, I, we didn't understand how that worked. And so we reached out to the league, and they had specifically stated that you can only announce a domestic league, uh, domestic player transfer within the league after that club's season has terminated. So what that means is that until the club is eliminated from playoff contention, because we're coming up on playoffs, they can't announce any kind of transfer. And if you paid attention to Coach's uh, conversation in, in the Cano's corner, it was the same thing where they had shared that you know they have players signed, but they just can't quite get that out the door just yet. So that has us thinking that these are still going to be these are going to be USL players, 
and they're all they're also playoff players because I think you could announce if you were picking up the Vegas or or Hartford Athletic players at this point, right? Yeah, there's uh, three teams right now eliminated. What's the third? Uh, Loudon. Loudon. Okay. So so having said that, you know that doesn't exactly narrow the net down, and that's not what we're saying here. But what was really interesting to me is when you go back to the date for the announcement of the kit, that's removed from the last possible date that the USL Championship Cup match can be played. So in effect, the entire season is over when we see our season kit reveal. And what better way to celebrate that jersey than to have your first player for the club in that kit. So you can, you can, you can pick up what I'm putting down, and it has not been confirmed. I haven't even talked to the club about this. But but the conspiracy theory wired brain in my head tells me that this was intentional and that we will see a player, maybe the very first player announcement at that event. What we'll are do, your thoughts? They'll do like full-blown runway. They'll come out, start their stuff in the new kit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This is Victoria's, you know, Victoria's <laughs> Secrets, uh, you know, fashion week here. But, um, you know, and I also think too, that a lot of people won't probably know the name unless it's Joe Corona. Um, yeah, unless unless it's a big signing. I, I don't know how many of our fans here are like diehard USL people, so it's unlikely that if, you know, not that they would actually do like a, a runway thing, but they'll have to kind of announce them and then bring them out. Right, you know? right. And people will be excited to see the first player, but I don't know if you can put that much of a spotlight on them yet, to your point. But anyways, that's that's my personal theory that I'm subscribing to. Watch, we find out like a player gets announced next week, and it doesn't even matter at this point. Um, but I, I just think the timing. There's there's a there's a saying like if it's can if it's convenient, it probably isn't. It's probably something else, right? And so I am fully on board. I'm on I'm on track. So yeah, so that's what I 100 percent believe. So I want to believe. <laughs> That show was ahead of its time, by the way. But then in the spirit of the transfer, so that was just our theory on the first player that we'll hear announced. But as the coach mentioned, there are several players announced. We've actually heard it's as many as three or four already when it comes to confirmed signings. And if I'm being honest, the San Diego loyal noise will not go down. It will not, it will not go away. Um, we joked early on that we should just sign the entire loyal team, and then start from that blueprint and expand. Um, but it seems like the club may be doing something very similar to our suggestion. So again, they're just taking our notes. They're stealing our homework. There are several rumors out there that we're picking up one to two players for sure from the loyal, and then as many as three uh, from that roster. In terms of names, we don't have the ability to confirm anything as absolute but we do know that outside of the club, we're hearing some noise uh, around um, one particular player. And so kind of just to reinforce the conversation we had earlier uh, in the series around loyal players and who we'd like to see pick up, I think it's only fair that we draw some of that extra attention on three particular players, all forwards, by the way, in uh, Moshebani, Conway, and Ronaldo um, Demuse. So what? Those are all forwards for the club. What is? What are your thoughts there? We're gonna go with uh, Ronaldo Demus. 
to uh, appease the Portuguese contingent. <laughs> Wait, isn't he isn't he Haitian? No, it's just because his name's Ronaldo. It's, oh, just, it's just a dumb joke. It. It'd be I like the it. like we have, but we have Ronaldo we have, at home. Yeah. Meme. Oh, that's that's the release. <laughs> that's the troll. Club starts saying Ronaldo confirmed and signed, <laughs> and they give him the they give him the seven. Perfect. There you go. We did it. We did it. Everyone, go to bed. It's good. Um, no, but but so in all seriousness, all three of those players are doing amazing this season with the loyal. Uh, Moshebani and Conway, we've, we've shared earlier, uh, are lighting the league on fire with some of their performances. I imagine that those two players will probably be hotly contended for, and, and probably Demus as well, if I'm being honest. But I think it's easier to bring in a player like Demus while others are fighting for the, the number one and two. And when you look at what he's produced this season, by no means is it even fair to say that he's you know, a backup or third string kind of forward. Um, he may be the lesser in, in terms of the rankings of his counterparts at forward, but he's put up nine goals and two assists in 15 starts with 29 total appearances. Uh, I mean, any, any striker that's getting less than half the playing time and is at borderline double digits, that, that's, that's the player you want on your roster. Yeah, so those are pretty good numbers. I think uh, it would be a good pickup if we can, uh, if we can manage that. I agree. And, you know, the only complication to it and the only reason we may not be able to announce a Ronaldo at the season ticket event is um, he is on loan. He's on an active loan with uh, GIF Sundsvall, uh, which is a second-tier Swedish football team, um, and that loan expires on November 30th. And so, you know, if the we don't know what the club option contracts are for that, so it could be very much a, they're continuing forward with whatever extension the club has to execute, or it's over and you know maybe they'll just release him again at the end of the USL season because they're not bringing him back to Sweden. But having said that, you know we could either see this player or we could hear an announcement you know after Thanksgiving, you know after the thirtieth, or we're completely wrong and it's it's a different player because we've we've also heard that they're looking into a defender. And this just brings back the ginger contingent we had joked about earlier. <laughs> so uh, you need to brace yourself because there, it's happening. I mean, I they're, can't confirm it's happening, but it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, all I can say for sure is the it's very loud in the San Diego Loyal space that we will be picking up one, maybe two players from that at, at you know, the immediate. We can't confirm if those are the players that have already been signed, uh, that the, the you know, surprise, surprise, the club's been very cagey about, you know, confirming that kind of information with with us. So, you know, we just have to bear in mind that that will be news that comes as we get it. So uh, I think that's it here for our conference standings. You got something about uh, some dirty players? Are not, they not taking Whoa. showers or Whoa. what's going on Segway here? Segue into the notes. I'm going to have to write something different. Like those notes are for me to talk to you, and you just picked up on it and decided to take this on a tangent. I just love it. rolling with the punches or whatever. <sighs> I love it. Uh, yeah, no, so I um, I was looking at some of the excellent work that John Morrissey at USL Tactics does around breaking down uh, club performance and total league play as we prepare for next season, and I thought it would be great to do some homework on kind of some of the behaviors both at the club level and at the player level uh, around fouls and 
uh, the performance uh, that is you know reciprocated or resulting in card accumulation um, for the league. Uh, just so that you know, we knew. Again, the homework for me was knowing what teams would be scrappier, what teams would be um, you know more difficult when it comes to the physicality of the game. Um, I have started listening on some other podcasts where they're starting to introduce the ref performance into the game in terms of what kind of matches they call. And I find that really fascinating that that's probably absolutely something that coaches take into consideration where, you know, maybe maybe a ref keeps his cards in his pocket more often than not. And then maybe there's a ref where, you know, if they slip on their own, they call, you know, a yellow card on a phantom ghost or a phantom fan that, you know, trip this player up. And, you know, so having said all that, jokes aside, I wanted to just really do the kind of deeper review of what um, John has been been pulling as far as data for for the clubs and it was it was it was really fascinating because one um when you looked at the fouls per minute in this league either reps are keeping the their cards in their pocket or we have some we have some really well-behaved players in the sport um i've seen in other leagues where some of your biggest attitude or wild card risk-esque players um, will average a foul every, I think it's, I think the minimum is 140 minutes because after a certain amount, you know, you, you end up accumulating yellow cards and then you accumulate the suspensions for, for consistent bad performance. Um, but there were less than 20 players in the entirety of this league that have an average of, um, you know, 290 minutes or, or less per foul. And so when you look at kind of what that is, um, the highest number of fouls that are recorded in the league right now are at 15 fouls. So whether that's a defender, a midfielder, um, having only 15 fouls in over 30 games, that's not a bad stat. And furthermore, what was really interesting is when I looked at the names of the players on this list, there are a lot of them are on the West Coast coast when it comes to the conference so you know i know that we play one home and one away with all of the east teams but we only play the west the west side once whether that's home or away so to me it's like our dirtiest games to your point about showering we're gonna have to be showering after some some west conference action i mean they don't call it the wild west for nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean i mean you you can see the stats on the screen here what what is your take on this i i just does this look like it's atypical for a league of this size, or, or do, you know, you you've been watching other international leagues much more in detail than I do. What's your analytical take on this? Yeah, um, I admit I don't look at the foul stat a lot, uh, so I'm I'll, I'll curious. I'll have to to check that out for for a different league, but I kind of didn't expect to only see like three players in double digits, and like. A lot of them are just three, so I <clears throat> I'm thinking that maybe they're kind of not letting them chop each other down, but kind of maybe letting letting them play to a certain extent. Um, so just play play through the play through the hit a little bit. See, that's interesting, and because we said at the beginning when we started watching the game, as we were starting this 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 podcast. It was interesting because we would see at times not poor defending, but but that kind of 
almost sensational forward breaking loose and running with it to where you didn't see defenders trying to murder a player or stop something from happening. I, I, I don't know if that's in direct correlation to what we've witnessed as we've watched games and tried to understand the, the, the dynamic of the league. But it, it, again, to your point, it's just, again, three players have accumulated double-digit fouls. They're all center backs, and they're all in the, you know, the West Coast. So take that for, for what it is. But then the other interesting thing here is the fact that when you look at the same number of total fouls for the clubs, um, I thought it was really interesting when you look at the, on the average there, there are several players, and again, all except for one, I think, in the future version of the West Coast or Western Conference, because Tulsa will be moving over, so there is a Tulsa player here, but they're averaging 11 cards for the same number of fouls. So only this season, four players have earned double-digit cards, and again, in the top 20, you've got something like an average of six cards per per foul accumulation at 145 minutes of foul. So it's it just really, again, I don't know if this is a gentleman's league and we're going to be expected to play as such or if there is chaos and anarchy and we're just not seeing it in the stats. Yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. We'll have to, to kind of pay attention to that. I'm pretty sure I knew this, but like seeing his name on there, I totally forgot about Juan Agadello. <laughs> Juan Agadello. Yes. I was, I'm so the, glad you brought the that legend. up. The legend. The legend. I did not know he went down to the USL. I saw Emil uh, Cuello also in the USL now. He had a banger a week or two ago. So it's, it's, it's always interesting to see MLS players that, that come down a league. Agadello is on Birmingham, and so when we looked at the numbers for the for the performances of the teams with kind of the most foul accumulation and and you know the quote unquote dirtiest players, it looks like it'll be Birmingham, Charleston, and Pittsburgh, which are kind of the only clubs that really we need to watch out for. Louisville plays like a saint; they have virtually no fouls, and uh, and then Memphis and Loudon kind of browned out some of it. But again, this entire table is super stacked with West Coast uh, teams with the, you know, Tulsa, um, Sacramento Republic, and uh, San Antonio kind of really leading the charge there. And then what's crazy about saying those particular teams is when you look at the fouls to card ratio for the entirety, because the, the table we were just talking about only really showed the, the meanest and dirtiest of players, when you look at the amount of fouls committed versus cards converted, so, you know, this is basically where the clubs are getting their luckiest, where they're not getting penalized for the fouls they're committing. San Antonio FC, way out in front in terms of, like, the luck value here. They are averaging over 15 fouls for every 2.8 cards issued. And no surprise, they're one of the front runners in the league right now. So there is a direct correlation there where how often you get away with a foul without punishment is is how kind of well your team will perform. And the reason I can say that is because if San Antonio is on one side of it, take a guess on what club is is doing the worst when it comes to this, you know, quote unquote luck schematic. I'm gonna guess someone who's at the bottom who's not too far from us. <laughs> Good old Hartford <laughs> Athletic. They have the highest card to foul ratio 
in terms of they are averaging they are averaging over three point uh, two cards for every thirteen fouls. So they're on the complete opposite side of the spectrum where they're getting punished for all of their cards, which which could be. And again, it's not all luck. It could be that they're just making really bad fouls due to you know emergency defending, dog so just things that like are out of their control because their team's not built really well. But it's really interesting to see that you know, or I guess it's not. It's just you, you hate to see the fact that the best clubs they're really stretching that number, and the worst clubs are in the doghouse. Yeah, I think some people kind of forget or maybe don't like think about it too much but I mean fouling is part of the game too in the sense that learning how to foul at the right time and being smart about your fouls can like really help a team I know everyone hates them but like tactical fouls can be like a huge thing when you're like you know what I just got to take one for the team we're in midfield I know this guy's as fast (laughs) like you know trying to prevent a goal Right, it, no. it sucks, but it it is part of the game. Hundred so percent, hundred percent. Smart players will use that to their advantage. Agreed. I uh, I remember watching Open. No, it wasn't Open Cup. I remember watching the Gold Cup a few years back, and I remember there was a team that was just chopping down the USMNT, and they did it tactically, where they would pick up a foul to stop the momentum of an attack that was building, because their defense couldn't handle if they got you know too close to to the goal. And so they would chop them, you know, well beyond the 18, and they'd have to do these set pieces, which would allow, I think it was El Salvador, to be honest, which would allow them to reset and configure to to stop the next wave of, of, of the American attack. And, and you just watched it, and every player would deliberately go hack, stop the play, wouldn't get carded the first time, the second time, or the third time, fourth time. Because it was a, you know, you had so many players back, it, was, it wasn't something that was directly changing the outcome of a of a moment in time so uh, i remember it was such a boring game to watch because it was just like almost watching teams play set pieces against each other yeah conquer calf's gonna conquer calf it's it's either just like a boring hack fest or it's just like complete and utter chaos <laughs> yeah if players aren't broken then people are asleep but it's it is absolutely mostly that but you know, so we've talked about the the sneakiest club. We've talked about the bad the bad club. I think it's just a shout out. You know, we gotta we gotta recognize gentleman. You know, civility where it needs to be called out. So for whatever this is worth, Detroit City FC, they are they are gentlemen on the pitch. They have the lowest foul conversion for the year, and then they have the lowest uh, card accumulation result from that foul. And when I say they're the, the lowest, I mean they're almost in a field completely by themselves. The only other team that is close is Monterey Bay Union, but they're on the West Coast, so we don't need to worry about them as much. But for whatever that's worth, again, Detroit City FC, just they're being the darlings of the league. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it that teddy bear they got? He's just too, he's just too <laughs> friendly, you know? They're like, oh, look at that guy. It's a, you can't it's, give him a card. It's a it's a lifestyle choice, you know. Like we got to emulate the the mascot. What what, what would Teddy do? <laughs> Too good. So, anyways, we wanted to share that because uh, we do want to start dropping snippets of what we can expect uh, to see when it comes to USL performance uh, in the in the year to come. I think that that will probably be the biggest learning curve for fans. Is you know, it's really easy to start learning and being excited about Rhode Island FC, but learning what kind of game gamesmanship and style of play we can you know look to see when it comes to the people coming to to burn stadium by the way it's burn we need to talk about that 
We messed it up. We messed it up. We we were gaslighted. We were <laughs> we were straight up hoodwinked. So we have gotten a thousand pronunciations wrong on this podcast. I won't pretend that we're we're good at that. But we intentionally reached out and requested for people to help us with some of the terminology where we weren't sure about things. And we weren't sure if it was Bjorn, Burn, Bernie, or I don't even remember. There was like a fourth one. And we were told by people on the Discord that it was Bernie Stadium. So when I have to go and interview someone, very important, and they tell me, why are you calling it Bernie Stadium? Shame on. Shame on the people on the Discord. Shame on the listeners who tricked me. You, you embarrassed me. You embarrassed family here. Um, how dare you? So we owe at least you. 26 <laughs> retractions minimum, maybe like 126, because I feel like I've said Bernie. I almost made a Bernie Sanders meme about Bernie State. I'm so glad I didn't. But um, And, you know, the other way I realized it to confirm it, because I thought the person that told me first was just trying to trick me, I talked to Paul Byrne, who's the general manager of stadium operations for Rhode Island FC, and he's overseeing the management of Byrne Stadium. That, that's a joke that writes itself. Paul Byrne in charge of Byrne, and I, I'm just I'm so disappointed in us right now. You mostly. You're the problem here. <laughs> Old Jason over here, just screwing up all these names. I, you know, you had one job. It's because I can't read. <laughs> I tried to tell them that. They didn't buy it. So anyway, so for those of you that have been listening, screaming at us for being ignorant and dumb for calling it the wrong thing, I apologize. I apologize for calling your home by the wrong name. I wouldn't want that to happen. So, Or, or it's your fault for listening to us. <laughs> um, actually, you got a point. They've chosen to listen this long. So, yeah, that's on you then. And you could have told us in the socials instead of us interviewing someone of importance and getting corrected there. So, yeah, that's I'm back on track. This is your fault, listeners. So having said that, I just, again, wanted to, to have the opportunity for us to share a little bit more about the league. If you're curious about tactics or analytical presence and you're not, always, you're not already following John Morrissey and USL Tactics, I cannot highly recommend that enough. Uh, he has... I feel like he has analytics on the daily. So give John Morrissey a, a like, give him a follow. Uh, he's on a bunch of different uh, different medium uh, media spectrums uh, as well as uh, some really great stacks that he writes for. So just, again, give him all the love and kindness. Uh, we couldn't be sounding nearly as smart as we do without John's, John's influence and knowledge. So uh, what events we got? All right. On Saturday, 1028... Defiance 1636 will host their real college tour final as they participate to support Brown versus Dartmouth. Details are on their socials and Discord. Tailgating starts at 5 p.m. And you can use the promo code RIFC23 to score $5 tickets. That uh, That's tomorrow. So get on it and wow. get those tickets. Time travel. Also, same day. Roger Williams Park Spooky Zoo. So the club will be at both, it looks like. They'll be at the, I don't know, maybe, or maybe they won't be at both. Who um, knows? I mean, how how later is he? So, well, I guess if you want. Spooky Zoo, it's nighttime. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's the Spooky Zoo. And then we've got, what, we still got the open tryouts. That's still coming. We've talked about that. So, uh, you know, we're going to pick up some players, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, by, by the time this one's out, that'll be, what, like two weeks away? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet additional listeners at that. I'm sure that's going to be a, a fun turnout and 
and to meet all kinds of people at that event. Yeah, I hope to uh, to see some good talent there. So we have uh, some listener questions again. I think they did not appreciate the merchandise plug last time, even though uh, we have been selling merch. Uh, I don't want to like brag or anything. It's nothing crazy to report, but I appreciate the listeners that have. Uh, we've caught out a few that have, have done that already, so continue to give us all the monies. I'm, you know, I'm going to plug it anyways, even though I said I wouldn't do this if there were listener questions. We have new merch coming. We've got a hoodie ourselves, and it's dope. I am really proud of it. And then also, we have a t-shirt that people in our social media requested. So if you've been paying attention to the comments that get left, they're not a lot. Let's get honest. We don't have that many fans yet. But uh, you can anticipate a really fun shirt coming your way in the near future. But that's enough. I'm not going to go any further than that. Let's get to these questions. All right. So we got one here from Kevin, and he wants to know, who is our soccer Mount Rushmore for both the men's and women's national team? Is that a combined or separate? Should we separate Uh, it? There's enough players. We should probably separate that, yeah? Yeah. Maybe we'll do an exercise at the end on the combined one. Okay. All right. So what do you want to start with, men or women? Let's... Let's knock out this women's national team, the okay. more successful one. <laughs> All right, you want to go one person at a time? Okay. Me and him? Wow. <laughs> wow. You stole the easiest one. Stole the easiest one. Okay, just, you know, steal the person that was defined a generation and, like, decades of women's sport. Okay, well, uh, can, wait, can we duplicate, or does that make us look weak? Are, are, we, are we making a combined one, or are we making our own? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to combine this? Let's, let's, yeah, let's just combine it. Let's, okay. Let's All right. So I agree with that one. Mia Hamm, absolutely. Abby Wambach. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do you got next? I mean, she's still playing, but do you think we put... Um, uh, my brain's getting empty. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't, because I'm, I'm afraid you're going to say the wrong person. Is the sickness fatigue finally <laughs> kicking in? It's getting late in the night. My brain's turning you don't, too much. You're not thinking of Megan Rapino, right? No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So then you're thinking of Alex Morgan. There you go. Okay. Because I was, I was scared you would say Megan Rapino. I don't think she deserves a spot on, on the Mount Rushmore of soccer. The same way that, you know, you might argue that Hope Solo is one of the best goalkeepers they've ever had, but she also does not deserve a spot on yeah, Mount there's, Rushmore. Yeah, there's some controversy around her. I, I wouldn't not. I right. wouldn't put her on there either. Right. But okay. Yes, I was thinking of Alex Morgan. Okay. I agree. And I just, so then the fourth has to be Carly Lloyd. Yeah, I think that's that okay. is a solid. That is the that is a solid yeah. Mount Rushmore. I agree. Okay, men's. I'm going to go first this time. Yeah, go I'm gonna for take, it. I'm going to take Landon Donovan as the easy one here. Okay. okay. I mean, unless you disagree. No, of course know. not. That would He's be a, criminal. You have to have him on there. Um, <laughs> just breathe into that mic. Yeah. <laughs> just, just struggling here. My brain is. Ran, do you ran, even ran U.S. men's team. national team, bro? I do, I do. I just, I've, I've, I've just. <laughs> Sick brain only gets uh, an hour and ten I minutes. Remember, I'm only at ninety percent, right? Not a hundred, not hundred. Come on, come on, big boy. We can finish What's, this strong. Uh, Mr. Howard. Oh, Secretary of Defense. Absolutely great yeah. choice. Great choice. I concur. All right, I am gonna go. See, this is. This is easy one, too, which means you're going to struggle even more with the last one because this is where it really opens up. But I think the third one has to be Clint Dempsey, the deuce. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I love me uh, some Clint Dempsey. Agreed. But I think number four is where it kind of gets wild. It gets crazy. Who, who, who's the name you want to throw out there? And don't say Alexi Lawless 
Don't say, don't say Taylor. <laughs> Twil- was Taylor Twelman even a U.S. Men's National? He got. Did he make it into the U.S. Men's National team, or was he like just a revs? I, I I don't even care. I don't even want to. Neither one of them are allowed on on the Mount Rushmore. We you you had kind of brought this up, and we talked about it. Like maybe a Michael Bradley, a Kobe Jones. I um, don't, I don't I don't know if a player Carlos Bocanegra. So maybe. that one's a good one because there's no defender in the Mount Rushmore yet. I Demarcus Beasley. That's another good one. I so here's it's weird. I'm almost hesitant to not allow anyone from the 2018 lost generation to be allowed like they're automatically disqualified which would put out michael bradley for that very reason um i just i think that any team that couldn't get into the world cup from a qualifier stage no matter what like they which would also then put pulisic in that same camp but but i i say that all because i think there are better players at least as of now to put on rushmore maybe pulisic earns his way down the road i I could see Carlos. I could also see, if you want another forward, Brian McKnight. He 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 kind of lived in the shadow of Dempsey and and Landon. Um, and then, Kobe Jones is a good one. I I don't I was I wasn't following the sport well enough to be able to to speak to his contribution. I mean, I know I know of what he did for for MLS and for the Galaxy, but I don't know if that translated to American soccer in general. It's crazy, too. We we had some really good goalkeepers, too, like Brad Friedel and Casey Brad Keller. Or, yeah. But, like, you don't want to just, like, a bunch of goalkeepers up there, but, like, they were they were very solid. Would you even put Gret, Brad Guzan <clears throat> in, the, in the top four of goalkeepers for America? Yeah, I mean, I think he would probably round that out. I think the others are probably better than him but he is he has been a great goalkeeper through the years okay instead of alexi lawless or taylor Twelman, you go for the off-brand announcer pick hercules gomez <laughs> <laughs> um or oh, oh, oh even even more chaotic eric uh eric winalda yeah eric winalda and um, then if you want to get really crazy i mean and this this man was considered one of the best players for the u.s men's national team ever claudia reyna yeah possibly do you think he's still playing right now? Um, do you think DeAndre Yedlin will be looked back as one of the top? No, because he's part of the lost generation, and if anything, he serves as a veteran presence. But yeah, I mean, I guess we're talking about as as for the USA men's, but I feel like in terms of like club, like he's always oh, he'll been. Be, he'll he's be been an a MLS top Hall of Fame. Yeah, he started with what Sounders, went abroad, came back, and now he'll win everything in the next season or two with with Inter. So. No, yeah, yeah. He, Gedlin deserves his name out there as one of the best right backs. But, but anyways, um, I would. I'm going to say Carlos Bocanegra. I, I think that rounds out. You have forwards. You have a goalkeeper. You have at least a defender. So, and, and Landon was technically at one point in his career midfielder, kind of, creative mid. Yeah, so, yeah, that works creative perfectly. Midfielder forward. Yeah, I yeah, think that's a good it. one. Now, do you even bother to try doing the women and men combined, mm. or is it pretty easy? Because I think it actually might be pretty easy. So what? what like you would tie that down to the best four of of that group. So like Mia Hamm, Mia Landon Hamm, Donovan. Yep, those are easy. And then I would say Abby. Abby, and then we got one more men to round, one more guy to round it out. I would say, I mean, I love Tim Howard, and but I Clint Maybe also Clint. did a lot. So I, you know, Clint Dempsey. You know, we we favor the strikers. We favor the 
the attacking players. So yeah, that works for me. Yeah, but, I'm but happy with what's that. What's really important is Chris Wondolowski was nowhere in that conversation. So that's all that matters. That, uh, that goal he missed. But you we know, don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. We're not talking about it. Didn't happen. <laughs> it's almost been ten years now. <laughs> I think it's a, is it? Oh yeah, good call. We don't talk about it. Um, well, that was a great question, uh, Kevin. Kevin, I wonder if that's the the Kevin from New Mexico, the the number one fan from New Mexico United. Oh, possibly. If it was Kevin, that was a great question. And if it wasn't that Kevin. Uh, you should be asking good questions like that. I don't know what to tell you, man. You're always you're always supporting the club on socials, so get to asking. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We, we love you all the same. Uh, and then we have one other question for the night, which I thought was fascinating. All right, and we got another one here from Chris. What podcasts do you listen to? I love that you think we listen to podcasts. We we make podcasts, sir. We we don't <laughs> have time to. Li- no, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, do you want to go first? Give us your top five. Oh, top five. Um, well, I listen to Football Weekly. I also listen to like the Giant Bomb cast and their their like family of podcasts. Um, they do a few different ones there. I also a bit I more recently got into uh the USL show. I'm trying to listen to a lot of music again too. Sometimes I go up and down where like sometimes it's just all podcasts and I was like, you know what, actually music is pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's fair. I mean, that's, that's uh, good list. Not, not all the time, but I do occasionally join me some Men and Blazers as well. I so I've stopped listening to them. Um, I don't know why they're not a bad podcast. I, for for me, it, it this is it's a podcast thing, and the, it's the consistency. It's the thing is, Raj and Devo are not always together because like he's off doing other things, and then it'll be a lot of like solo ones and so that's why i kind of just drop in from time to time and listen at like i like their chemistry of them together and it's just if if it's just one of them it's just eh. so so same thing for us we always have to be together you are never allowed to leave me okay (laughs) tell your wife you've signed a contract um yeah no i so in the soccer arena soccer world i listen pretty regularly to usl show it gives me the insider information and again john morrissey shout out uh he is a panelist on that so really good to understand the league i highly encourage it um i also listen to revolution recap um i'm surprised or spoiler i'm not we're, we're not revs fans but but knowing what's going on um with with that team and greg um puts out an amazing an amazing show with his with his team of co-hosts um i also listen to uh new england soccer um they are an amazing amazing group that bring kind of just all soccer things to um to the masses so it's not just professional it's also collegiate it's youth academy it's coach sometimes coach tutorials just really good um and so I, I find that. And then I've been listening to periodically. I listen to some of the USL podcasts and, and around the league. If you're interested in listening to other teams, I highly recommend um, the El Paso Locomotive Group uh, at Seriously Loco. And then also um, River uh, the Riverhounds Group under Mons Goals. They say, I think it's Mons Goals. They've never really said their name in the ones I've listened to. They just kind of start. But um, they put a really good, really good product out. And then in, in non-soccer time, uh, I I listen to a lot of murder ones with with the girlfriend. I think that's like a requirement if because women just love listening to how to kill people and get away with it. 
Because oh, they want to know how to kill us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless mine do. Um, and so we just finished a really gut wrenching one. So if you real, if you want a really good podcast, uh, look up Bone Valley. Um, you will not be happy with it because it's just gut wrenching of all the things that can happen to a human being. It just kind of makes you look in the mirror and go, "How am I this lucky that I'm not, you know, in that kind of situation?" But Bone Valley, very good. And then uh, I listen comedically to Last Pot on the Left. I love the the history side of it, the fascination with with murderers and the you know occult and all that stuff. That's a really fun one. And then I've been recently picking up uh, How Did This Get Made with some of the guys from The League, uh, the fantasy football TV show that was on FX. Um, so those have been really fun to pass the time. I've actually gone the other direction and stopped listening to music because I like find myself compartmentalizing into the same bands over and over and over. And so it's one of those things where I almost don't want to listen to new music. And so podcasts have just been a better creative outlet. So really good questions today. Rushmore, Mount Rushmore and, and podcasts. I, I love it. Now, anyone out there that just listened to our recommendations, you still have to legally listen to us. Like, let's just make sure we <laughs> they set just, the record They wanted straight. to know where they could jump ship. Oh, we just betrayed <laughs> ourselves. Um, but I think I think that wraps things up pretty nicely. You're you're fading fast. I can see the sickness returning to your face. Maybe just because you've had to share a room with me for too long. Glossiness in my eyes. <laughs> um, but for the listeners, uh, we do have two interviews on the horizon. Um, so we have uh, an interview with the mayor of Pawtucket, uh, as well as we finally secured the we, we got the big fish. We hooked him. Coach Cano is uh, going to be sitting down with the pod in the near future, and I am going to ask him as many questions as we possibly can in the span of whatever time they give us. So we will find out where he eats, and we will find out if he gets cold brew from Trader Joe's. I promise you, listeners, that will happen. <laughs> but uh, where can they find us, Jason? All right, guys. We got a Twitter at RFC Podcast. We got a Threads at RFC Podcast. Instagram at Raising Anchor. And then you can check out our website at www.raisinganchorpodcast.com. Do you know that www is more syllables than saying World Wide Web? I hate you. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> but I agree. Uh, anchors up. <laughs> anchors up, buddy. Right